Welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast, where we explore popular practices, songs, and ideas in the modern church world in the light of Sola Scriptura and Toto Scriptura. I'm Cody Fields, the president of Westminster Effects. You can go buy stuff for your guitar at westminstereffects.com, and you can join the discussion in the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge on Facebook. You can support the show at anchor.fm. Give us a five-star review, even if it's dishonest. Just give us five stars and make sure you subscribe and comment on Facebook and Instagram and win a book. I'm joined in person by... Hey, everybody. It's Bradley Cox, pastor at Resurrection Church in Greer, South Carolina. And via the interwebs by... Good morning. This is John Ross, Westminster Effects artist, Augsburgian Christian. Um, I And you lost it. Yep. That's you, ru- you ruined I, I, we this was the smoothest I, you, intro i know i usually had. it's just so great and then just <laughs> mm, just just right off the rails and from lincoln it. nebraska there we go so and via the interwebs we have one seth morrison of skillet so also the newest westminster effects artist so welcome to the podcast seth yeah good good morning i'm still the newest yeah yeah, you are still the newest. Uh, I've been a little bit busy. I haven't really, really, really been able to reach out to anybody. But also, also before we go on, huge shout out to our boy Dwayne at the Barb Podcast for hooking up Westminster with the Skillet dudes. Uh, if yeah, so yeah. long story, long story short, he had he had on your bandmate one John Cooper, and I texted him because Dwayne used to live like ten minutes away, and I was like, hey that interview was legit and he said yep. thanks no i can't give you his number <laughs> <laughs> and i said i wasn't gonna ask for it and he said but i'll send him your link and so here we are and yeah so that's how that's how you ended up with a pedal uh, or two yeah or- that it's really it's really random i um you know john john is so even outside of skillet he's so busy right now with doing press for his book and being well like you just said he's doing a lot of guest podcasting and he's he's swamped and it was before we started this tour he sent me a text and he was like hey i I don't know if you're interested but it's actually funny to hear that i didn't know the exact connection of how uh of how that happened i didn't know who it was but he's like i just i was was john on his podcast is that what happened yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he and he's like, I just did a podcast with this guy and he gave me this contact for these pedals. They look awesome. I was like, cool, I'll check them out. And then obviously, I think we I don't he didn't give, give me your number. I think we connected on Instagram first, yep. right? Yep. So uh yeah. And then here we are. We talk about every day now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good times. So I guess let's kind of start at not the beginning of hanging out with Westminster and Skillet and all that, but getting involved with Skillet, like in researching for this, I didn't realize that the Skillet lineup has been solid for 10 years now, which is over 10 years, Yeah, which is unheard of. I like I, my terrible college band, like I keep track of set lists and who played and what we played, where we played. 
And my yeah. terrible band in college went through 28 members in like oh, three geez. years. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Goodness, man. And that is a problem. That man. is an exact count. And we did have problems. <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you switch members halfway through a set? <laughs> yeah, almost. Almost. Uh, I have stories, but it's not about my band. This is about another band. Um, this, needs to be, this needs to be part two because I want to hear this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have story time later. But uh, how did you get involved with Skillet and how the crap have you, has everything stayed together for 10 years? Yeah. Well, I'll give you a, uh, I, I guess, a, I'll just give you the rundown of how I joined. Is that cool? Yeah. Um, so I was, you know, as as a lot of musicians, I mean, music music was my dream. It, I, it was my calling. It's just every time I start this story out, I always say, you know, even when you feel called to do music, you just have no idea what route to go. You know what I mean? It's just like... Mm-hmm. You, you know, my wife's in medical and my brother's a teacher. It's like when you know you want to do something, you go to college, you get the degree and you do it. You know, it's like, uh, all right, well, I feel called to do music. What do I do? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No doubt. So I uh, I went as soon as I graduated high school, I went to college for for a semester and just felt like, you know, I this isn't I, I was terrible. I didn't want to throw away a crap ton of money in student debt when I didn't ever know if I was going to use it. You know, and honestly, more people need to have that mentality. Yeah, That's yeah. Another would, soapbox I can get on. Sure. I mean, you know, I I know people that have they could have had a bachelor's degree finished and they still haven't declared a major. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so I was like, you know, my, my dad owned a business in in my small town uh, of Southern Ohio. Um, I was like, I'm just going to work for him full time. Uh, I was playing at my church. I was playing locally. So I was like, I'm just going to do that. I'm going to work for him full time. I'm going to just do my part and networking and just see what doors got opens. And if I, if I get a couple years into this and nothing's panning out, I'll, uh, you know, Maybe I'll go back to college then. But, you know, I don't want to, as I said, I don't want to just rack up debt for no reason. So I guess to, to make the a super long story short, I did that for about, from the time I graduated high school until I was about 22. So it was four years have passed, you know, networking. And I will say that the only person that really, uh, really took to me, um, I back when MySpace was, was relevant. Um, I, 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 and now we're I, dating ourselves. Yes, yeah, we are. We are. Uh, you see, MySpace are are all our faces. Like, <gasps> I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I guess this would have been about. Man, I, I was only like, hmm, maybe nineteen or twenty. I sent um, Toby Toby Max guitarist. His name's Tim. I said I had sent him a message on on MySpace and was, you know, just the, the very vague, typical, Hey man, you know, I'm a guitar player. I, I feel called. I feel like I'm supposed to do this. Um, I was like, I don't really have any connections, but you know, if you ever hear of anybody, maybe keep me in mind kind of thing, you know? And, and most of the time when you send those messages, you never hear anything back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it, so 
I'll never forget. I, I just, I was driving. I got to, uh, I got to my cousin's house and I got the email like Tim Rosenau has sent you a message on MySpace. I was like, Ugh. you know, what is, um, and what is this? And, and he just said, yeah, man, uh, you know, let me know if you're ever in Nashville. He's like, and at the time, you know, I had, I had a few songs of, uh, that my cousin and I had recorded just instrumental things I'd had on my MySpace. And he, he listened to it and he was like, yeah, man, sounds like your, uh, sounds like your, your flavor is really the rock rock route. And I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> so, um, man, that, that was like 2007. And I made a trip to Nashville from Ohio when he was home and met him at a, met him at a Starbucks and we, we talked for like probably a little over an hour and he just, you know, we just talked about life on the road and what that looks like. And, uh, and uh, I always I'll never forget he, we prayed at the end and he was just like, <clears throat> he was just like, God, I don't think this meeting is by chance. He's like, I have no idea what could come of this meeting, but, um, ha, ha, may your will be done through this friendship and about four years passed you know from that meeting and we kept in touch and anytime toby was close i would go hang out and you know i didn't i didn't abuse the relationship by any means mm-hmm. i just kind of kept in touch would would ask questions and and that was around that time i you know i had started going to college for the semester and so, so yeah, man, we kept in touch. And then fast forward 2011, I was getting to a place of, I don't know if I would say panic, but you know, I, as I said, I'm four years removed from, from not going to college. I've been working for my dad's business, which wasn't a long-term thing. And, um, and I just, I was getting to a place of like, you know, God, what have I done? You know, I'm 20, 22 years old. I don't really have any clear direction. Um, and I, I'll never forget. I was, I was at, at work at my dad's business and I just felt it. <laughs> I just felt the Holy spirit flood me as I worked the front counter with my dad at his auto parts store and the, the Holy spirit just flooded me and I had to go back to the, to the restroom. And I was just, I it, just uncontrollable weeping. Like it, it was one of the most, um, divine moments in my life. And I just felt, I just felt like the, his voice just saying, just hold on just a little bit longer. Cause at the time I was wrestling, I was like, what do I do? do I mean, do I, do I go get a job at UPS? Do I go back to school? Do, what do I do? You know? And it was such a divine moment of just feeling him telling me, just hold out just a little bit longer. It wasn't three weeks later I I had a friend tell me, I was like, hey, I heard Skillet's looking for a guitar player. And I was like, hmm. And I was like, all right. Well, I, and so I looked into it. Then, you know, and I definitely have a pessimistic side of me. And I was like, it, it maybe they are, but it doesn't matter. Because th- this was right when, this was right when the album Awake was really blowing up, you know, uh, which like monster was hitting awaken alive hero they were all hitting i was like a band of this size surely has already found somebody had somebody lined up you know what i mean so i was very very pessimistic about it but i reached out to tim i mean he was the only contact i had 
Um, and, and the really cool thing was that Toby and Skillet had just done a tour together, like not even a year prior to that, you know? So there was, there was a, a relationship there. So I reached out to Tim and I was like, Hey, I was like, I heard about this. I don't even know if it's true. See what you can find out, you know? Um, so I hadn't even heard back from Tim yet. And like three days later, I had an email from, from skillet management. Like, Hey, as some of you may have heard skillets looking for a guitar player, send in, we, you know, like we have been, you've been recommended by somebody. So please send in a bio some, some pictures, some video, an audition video playing these songs with these solos, uh, yada, yada, yada. So I immediately went to my, my home church in Ohio, got to work on my bit on, on the video, send in everything. Um, and still being very pessimistic, I went into a side room at my church and just prayed like, and I was honest, I was like, God, you can see my heart and, and you know, I don't think anything's going to come of this, mm. but I feel like I'm supposed to send in a video. So I'm doing it after this. It's out of my control. I was like, and you know, I really got to a place of, of contentment in my life. I truly did, which I think is an issue a lot with musicians. What I always hate to see. I mean, how many times do we hear musicians say, oh, I know God is calling me to do music. I know God is calling me to do music. And then when when music doesn't pan out for them, they have a bl- they they blame God because their dreams didn't come true. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that I, I, that, <laughs> that contentment pieces we've mostly yes. addressed it from from the gear acquisition syndrome side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we've definitely addressed it from that angle a lot on this podcast. You know, me undermining mm-hmm. my own business model and such. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> but but that's that's absolutely true. Is you know a lot of people think they're called just because they like something yes, and, and then they blame God when that thing that they like, well, maybe they're not that good at it. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't, it happens. So I'm sure it happens everywhere, but of course we see it a lot because we're in music, you know, and there's, um, and the connection I, with music is, is such an emotional level, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, we've we've talked about this and like, you know, how do you uh, how do you gently, uh, you know, dismiss somebody uh, from a band, right? And what really makes that much more difficult is that there is so much more emotional investment and like self value that's wrapped up just yeah. because it's music. And, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you kick someone out from, I don't know, the welcome ministry, chances are they'll be like, fine. I don't like it anyways. But if, you know, if you try to dismiss somebody from something like, you know, music ministry, mm-hmm. you know, that that's soul crushing in yes. most cases. So yeah, definitely get that. Yeah. I mean, I, you just see it so much. And even we, we meet people, you know, that or know people that have, They've had the dream of of doing music, and then you know their dream isn't coming to fruition. So yeah, that that place of contentment is just such a. I mean, I guess it roots back to pride too, you know. Um, but it's just, mm-hmm. I truly got to a place to where I was. I just truly wanted what God had for my life. If that was, if that was music, so be it. If if that was delivering packages and bringing glory to Him so be it. it I, I truly didn't care. Um, 
I just wanted what he wanted for my life because that's where our ultimate satisfaction and happiness, you know, that's where right. we get all mm-hmm. yep. fulfillment. So I truly got to that place. And I, rem- I remember just saying that in my prayer. I was like, I want what you want for me. And then I left that room. I went and did my audition video, didn't send it in, didn't hear anything back uh, until until I got the email that they they had initially already brought someone else up to try them out. Um, so I got the email. It was, you know, it was like a canned response email from John, just like we've, we've got someone else out trying them out. You know, like we appreciate you sending stuff in and all that. I'll keep you in mind, all that kind of stuff. So, and honestly, I was truly, I wasn't upset. I was content again. I, I felt like, all right, I felt like I was supposed to send this in and I did it. I did my part. Um, and that's, and, and I was completely fine with that. So I don't know, it was probably two or three weeks later, I was uh, getting off of work from my dad's, it, it's an auto parts store and garage he owned with my uncle for like 40 something years. Um, it's all my dad did his whole life out of, out of high school. So I, I was getting off of work from his shop. It was like four o'clock and I, um, it, it, it was the typical, like, I saw like a New York area code and didn't answer the, you know, I, I was assuming it was spam. <clears throat> so I didn't answer it. Tried to call the number back. I was just like, this is odd. Like I, so I called the number back and didn't, didn't get an answer. Got, went straight to voicemail and it was, it was our production manager. It was like, Hey, this is Scotty production manager for skillet. And I was like, God, what have I done? Not answering this call. (laughs) (laughs) So, so being the naive, you know, 22, 23 year old, whatever I was, I called it right back. (laughs) I did leave a message. I called back. Uh, And then he answered. And this makes the story really funny now, but um, at the time they were on a day off somewhere and I don't know if it was windy. I don't know if his service was bad, but I could barely, I could make out about every fifth word <laughs> that, that uh, our production wow. manager was saying. Only thing I got from like a five minute conversation was, um, when can you fly out? But that, that's like <laughs> all I knew. And then the, and then he's like, okay, I'll call you back tonight. So I went from like four o'clock to probably 1030 that night, just with, I, I was like, I, I had no idea what's going on. Just no idea. So I texted him and I was like, Hey, I couldn't really hear you. <laughs> uh, and uh, he's like, I'll, I'll call you, call you back tonight. You know, so the, the time passed, I was at 1030 comes and then him and, him and he calls me and he has John uh, on the line with him. And basically it was just like, Hey, it was like, uh, well, we got your video and, and Tim speaks highly of you. And uh, when basically, when can you fly out? We'd like you to come out and see how this goes. You know, think things didn't go so well with the, with the, uh, the guy they were trying out and everything. And, so two days later from, you know, I, I was getting off work from my dad's shop. And two days later, I was flying to Texas to uh, 
to meet up. And it, as you guys know, we like 50% of our touring is in the mainstream market or maybe more, you know, and and at the time it was a tour with (laughs) very intimidating because, you know, I'm green, I'm new. So I'm flying out to a tour that was with Stone Sour, which is Corey Taylor from Mm -hmm. Slipknot side band. Yep. Yep. Uh, Theory of a Dead Man, Hailstorm, uh, and then Skillet. So it was, you know, you're being thrust relatively, into... Relatively large names. Yeah, it was a big rock, a big, big rock tour. and Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, and, and to kind of rewind a little bit, during when all of like the audition process, everything was going on, this is a really cool part of the story. As I said, anytime Toby was close, I would go, you know, hang out with Tim. Um, at shows when they were mm-hmm. around the Ohio area. I was with Tim back, like backstage with a friend of mine. We, we, you know, we were getting ready to go out, uh, go to our seats and watch a show. He checks his voicemail and he had a voicemail from John asking about me as I was standing there and Tim was checking his voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> And so that that was a, re- a really cool moment. And I always like to kind of sum up, you know, that part of the story. And just by saying, you know, at that point, John had seen my video, him and Corey, they'd seen my video. Um, and after the show, Tim told me what John, you know, the, what he was asking. And he, and he said, you know, J- John asked me, he goes, you know, Tim, I've seen his video. It's, it's clear that he's a solid player. I know within a week out here, he's going to, he's going to have the parts down. And he, he said, I, I, how's his heart? You know, who is he? Is he truly a follower of Jesus? What's his life look like? Those are the, those, that's what he wanted to know, which I think speaks a lot of, you asked why, why Skillet's been around so long. How have we kept the same lineup for 10 years? I think, I think it comes from the top down and just honestly divine placement um, of members into skillet, you know, and it, and it does come from the top down from, from our leaders, John and Corey, you know, mm. awesome. But I always yes. like to say that, that, that his, his priorities weren't, he, he wasn't looking for some virtuoso shredder. You know, he wanted, I, it's what I always tell kids that are wanting to get into this industry. It's, your skill is part of it. I mean, obviously, you've got to be able to play. You've got to know your instrument. You know, you got to get a good tone. But I always say, man, that's like, I always say that's 50% of it. Maybe that's 30% of it. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's 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 more so who you are. Because if, if you don't know who you are before you get into this world, <clears throat> it will eat you alive. You'll lose yourself. Uh, oh, yeah. Know, ego pride um i had a i had a mentor years ago when i was in my early 20s you know i heard him say you know bradley talent can get you on platforms your character can't handle yes and um i think it's it's, he also said to me he said you know the lord will spend a lifetime building a man he can build a ministry in a day Mm. and the hearing how the Lord just forged in you this contentment and uh, rest in the Lord and, and trust and confidence, no matter whether it was going to be touring with a band or working for UPS, I think is the, 
the character that was necessary for, you know, and what a great testimony of skillet. I mean, that you, you guys, that's just awesome to hear that there's such a high priority placed on an authentic relationship with Jesus. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. o- even over and above the talent and skill level, which is necessary, but it's, it's not going to be sustainable if that, if that character piece yeah. isn't there. Absolutely. I, that, it, that's something I just, I can never drive home enough. You know, anytime I'm talking about the story or talking to kids, it's, of course, I'm thankful that I get to do music. I mean, it's been my biggest passion since I was a teenager. Uh, and to do it on this level still, that hasn't sunk in. It's remarkable. Mm. But more so than all of that, it's who I get to do it with. I just, mm. I can't imagine... I mean, you see stuff when you're out on the road with other other bands, other artists. I mean, I I just I I can't stress how thankful enough I am to do what I do with who I do it with. Just true evangelist evangelistic people that are just true true to what everything you see, everything you hear from John from Corey is one hundred percent authentic and. I've even told them this, like, my, my, my life is all the better, even outside of music, like mine and Jen's lives, just from doing this with them for the past decade and counting, it's changed our lives for the better. It, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. I was just thinking about it during this time off is just like, you know, like Jen and I are like aunts and aunt and uncle to their kids. And I mean, their kids are now 18 and 15. And, and, you know, when I joined, they were eight and four or something like that, <laughs> eight and five. So just like, I was just thinking, I was like, man, I'll be a better, better father because just seeing how the, the, the fire for God that those kids have grown up with and just you, the ripple effect of what John and Corey and skillet has had on my life just far surpasses anything in music you know is just i i can't stress enough how thankful i am for it so i think that also goes with what you're asking how does the band stay together for 10 years and i i think it's for it's all of those reasons it's um there's no ego there's no pride there's it's just it's very the skillet way is very much a family environment and that even stretches you know to our crew i think they feel it too mm-hmm. um it's very much it's very much a family uh just a, fa- a family fi- filled filling camp yeah and it, it really hearing you describe that honestly reminds me somewhat of our own church band here mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. we we have a culture of you know you show up prepared right like know what know what you're doing when you show up for rehearsal sure. um and when we hired our new worship minister uh he you know he said you know you don't need help musically he's like what well, what we need is a little bit more direction yeah. and and rootedness and so now every rehearsal we start 
with 15 minutes in a psalm. Uh, and yeah. we just read the psalm, talk about it, whatever, and we still get out at the same time or maybe even earlier. So we a- we're actually spending less time on the music. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and we're better. <laughs> and, and, and we've been doing the same thing uh, up here for, uh, for a while as well. I mean, the, uh, the, the centeredness that, that it gives us as individuals uh, is, uh, uh, is is just fantastic and definitely allows us to uh, to enjoy uh, a, a worshipful uh, sort of attitude in the midst of of you know working through and chewing on stuff you know trying to trying to get a good uh, a good end result definitely a blessing to us yeah 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 it's, no go ahead go ahead so one one thing that just irritates me right now. <laughs> And and Bradley's going to get a chuckle out of this is, you know, you talking about, you know, being led by the spirit and stuff like that. Bradley just preached heavily on relying on the spirit and that kind of thing. And we just had a conversation about how I was made uncomfortable in all the right ways because I'm like Mr. Rational. Like, yeah, I'm I'm the guy that's just like, yeah, whatever you were. Led. And it's like, dang it. I cannot get away from that stuff. Yeah. this week. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I love it. <laughs> I think we all feel that way a little bit. I think, you know, we one of the things I talked about on Sunday is that there's there's such a. I don't know, a prominent segment of the evangelical world in, in the Western part of the world, at least that abuses spiritual gifts and talks about the Holy Spirit in all the wrong ways and faith yeah. in all the wrong ways. And I, th- I think in some ways it causes people to turn the volume knob on the Holy Spirit all the way down. Um, they might be committed to Scripture and prayer, but they they don't have a sense of what Paul talks about in Romans 8. I think it's verse 14 when he says, the sons of God are led by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. That's not in question. And when I listen to your story, Seth, what I hear is I hear a son who's being led, being led by the Spirit to where you are today. And and all every little step in that story was necessary, right? I mean yes. every every working at the auto parts store and you know uh questioning whether or not to, to finish college and am I gonna what 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 am I gonna do with my life at that that critical age in your early twenties and that's not just a you know, sentimental kind of uh, underdog story that we tend to celebrate. That's the that's the thumbprint of God on your life, just yeah. leading you by His Spirit, step by step, uh, to where you are today. And we all experience that, whether we get on a platform in front of thousands of people or not. Sure, we all experience that. Just the hand of the Lord guiding us step by step. And I love my favorite part of the story is that moment where you broke down and the Holy spirit just, I forget the term you used, just flooded you and said, hold on, just hold on. I'm up. And and what I hear in that is he's up to something. He's working something. He's ahead of you, behind you, beside you. And it's that simple childlike faith. You know, God says two words to you, hold on because he can't explain to you everything that he's doing. Yeah. Not in that moment. He can't. Uh, but then the door opens and you're like, Oh, I see what the Lord was up to that whole time. Yeah. The term that just speaks beauty in, in that characteristic, uh, characteristic of God to me is orchestration. 
mm-hmm. right? If, yes. you may, if, if you picture a, uh, a conductor, uh, just the, the fluidness, the, the comfortableness, the, the, the art that is directing all things, uh, it's a beautiful picture of how God, in, how God interacts with us and uh, yes. he brings us along for the ride. That's so good. Yeah, I mean, and it's just so, you're so right. So many, you know, once years pass and you kind of look back and then you kind of start realizing more, more stepping stones or more things that happened during that time period. It's like, it's really like, it's just like a painting, like a perfect painting. Mm -hmm. Just all of these things had to happen or else maybe... I would have completely given up on music altogether. You know what I mean? It's just like all of these things kind of lined up and just, uh, just, just mag, just so magnificent. I, and I never, you know, I just always want to encourage, you know, kids that are wanting to, and I always say it doesn't have to be music, whatever your, whatever you feel like your direction or calling in life is. You're, you're so good. You, what, what was your, uh, what was your quote about character and, um, Talent. talent talent can get you on platforms your character can't handle. That's so good. There's always one I use that says it's so similar. It, it, it's talent. Talent will open the door for you, but your character will keep you in the room. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing. Same principle. And, and it's just something I always tell kids is, you know, whatever your calling is, just I'm living proof. I mean, I'm sure, look, there. I'm sure for a band the size of Skillet, there were people much more qualified that had much more touring experience that were just chomping at the bit, you know, reaching out probably. But I, I'm living proof. Like, I did, I had done a little bit of touring, nothing extensive. Um, that, it, you know, if God wants you, if he wants you in a certain situation, you can... You can you can pretty much throw throw uh, resumes out the window. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if he wants <laughs> that's there, the truth. Well, he's gonna... you know that's why you know your uh, uh, spacing on the word, but uh, essentially when you submitted yourself, right? And you say, "I want what you want." You know, we talk yeah. about that in the context of prayer so much, where where prayer isn't us begging; it's it's us begging to or begging for things it's us begging to be aligned with the will of god for us right yes um you know what's what's so vital and so beautiful in in that understanding is that we so often miss the long view right yes we we focus on the the intermittent pitfalls and you know the 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 singular state that we're in right now where god once again orchestrating uh all things has uh uh, has a much better plan that will result in 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 let's be honest his ultimate glory as much yes. as he can get out of us and uh, and yep. we are so blessed to be part of that uh, yes and and missing that long view is is really where uh saying you know father your will be done like yeah. that's what i want for my life i you know i don't I don't want first and foremost uh, to play arenas. I don't want first and foremost uh, to uh, you know to make six figures by the time I'm 20, 25 or whatever. I, what I want first and foremost is for you to be glorified in me, whatever that looks like. Because when that is the relationship, yeah, God will work all things for good to that end. Yes, 
Yeah, and I think that's I think that's one thing. Another thing I've just the skillet way is just so eternal minded, mm. um, and it's just so. Uh, have you have you read John's book yet, Cody? Not yet. No. It's read the. I mean, the the first chapter is just kind of summarizes up. If you had to, if you wanted to learn kind of like the the skillet way in a nutshell, like the, the it's not a biography as you know, but like the first chapter, John. Essentially, um, you know, it's as I said, it was this was during really ironic because what he speaks of is kind of during the time period that I joined when all this was happening. Awake was was kind of hitting, and they were at like it was this it was that tour I was speaking of. So there's a lot of like rock gatekeepers, you know, at this tour. And yep. essentially, um, uh, you know, one of the guys was like, look, like, I'm just going to say it because I don't know if anyone else has said it to you. You guys could be the biggest rock act, rock act in the world right now. If you would just drop the Jesus strong stuff from stage. He's like, people don't want to hear it. He's like, you know, he's like, you could be spiritual, you know, Bono's spiritual, but if you would just drop the Jesus stuff, you guys could be the biggest thing. Wow. And, and you know, John was like, it was such a uh, a turning point moment that night for, for Skillet because, you know, Skillet had been a lo- around for a long time before that album hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you, re- you remember. Oh, yeah. John's yeah. like, you know, this is what this is what we've worked for, for you know, for the past however many years. <laughs> he just really... It's a really cool paragraph because he's like, it was a long night. It was a great show. We met all these execs. I had just heard that. Corey and I went back to the bus. We talked about it that night. By the next morning, it was decided. We'd not stop talking about Jesus. We'd not stop playing Christian shows. And that was that. <laughs> you know, that, that, gave me, that gave me just an uh, you know, impression of Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness, his temptation. Right. Yeah. Yes. Like that mm. it, it's so wow. so similar. You know, uh, bow down before me, and you know, you know this that yes. and the other thing. I mean, that's that's really what was what was being offered, and uh, I mean, it, it's such a it's such a, a blessing to know that uh, that John and Corey worked through that uh, in such a quick way to show that you know where their hearts really are. And and that God is certainly working through that situation. That's fantastic. Which yeah. is which is uh, to me a testimony of what we've been talking about. You know, talent getting you to a certain place, and it, and if the Lord has claimed you, if you're His, and your life is about making much of Him, that that kind of um, commitment had to be forged in order for you to be able to steward that moment for the, as a band to be able to steward that moment where it said to you look you could be the biggest in the world if you'll just quit making much of Jesus yes but but it wasn't even an option by that point because it, it uh, not only you but all the other members of the band the lord had done his work in you up to that point sure. for you to be able to steward that moment and you know um the same thing happened with with Christ and and what I believe was his dependence on the spirit in the wilderness you know to be able to yes. say no this this isn't going down this way satan i'm not bowing to you i'm going to take the kingdoms of the earth but it's not going to be because you give them to me i'm going to take <laughs> sure. it, you yeah. know yes 
Yeah, and, and it really kind of speaks like obviously there's so we'll start the Inquisition now. <laughs> and as oh tradition, come on, I need the bumper music. Come on, ah, <laughs> oh, do the bumper music. Fine. As is tradition, we start with Brian Morris, and and I'll tee it up with obviously you have the foundation of your faith, John and John and Corey and Jen, and like it's it's all really obvious that foundation is there, um, and so typically when you, what you see is when that foundation is there there's also strong churches behind that too so even when when we were texting when your tour got shut down because of the positive rona test oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. you were like yeah it sucks i have to live stream church today because we have to quarantine and stuff and so brian's question is how do you stay grounded and connected to the life of the church while on tour and i'll add to that like i've seen some of my absolute favorite bands from high school and college mm-hmm. just outright apostatize with uh within the last couple of years with mm-hmm. under oath and thrice right where we're like dustin kensrew was one of my all-time favorite songwriters and musicians and he was even a worship pastor with mark driscoll's church for a while and that one that one hurt me deep when when he got into process theology and all that but um when you yeah. saw uh, Aaron Gillespie and uh, Spencer Chamberlain from Under Oath, it was they had basically just been in the big box, mega church, borderline prosperity yeah. stuff. And that's ultimately what they were rejecting. So, how do uh, you stay connected and accountable and all that kind of stuff when you're on the road? Yeah. For, uh, before I answer, uh, yeah, I, I was actually going to say that. Um, you know, I think. We're roughly the same age. I think, you know, we're seeing such a rise right now, um, specifically in our generation, you know, of deconstruction and and progressive Christianity arising. And it, when I, when I research this stuff, listen to podcasts, it just seems like there's been such a lack of, uh, especially in the music world, like, you, you know, the, that's just one example. There's many, you know, oh, yeah. it's just, there's been a real lack of accountability and discipleship. And you, you can't help but wonder if, you know, a lot of these deconstructionists that have come, I mean, there's a handful of them I can think of just in the past two years. Mm-hmm. You can't help but wonder, I mean, all along were they, did they truly taste or were they just worshiping a feeling? Mm. You know what I mean? I, and I just I just think there's been a real lack of accountability and, and discipleship. And, you know, there's this <laughs> there's a, a new term at, that I've learned from John. It's like I've I've had this thought. I didn't know the, what it was called, but I think he said it in his podcast yesterday, especially in our generation. There's this I think it's they call it moralistic therapeutic deism, yep. um, which is which is. You know, that's our generation likes to take aspects of Christianity. The fact that there's this cosmic genie in the sky that I can go to for my every wish, you know, but then as we were talking about, when things don't work out, it's it's you have no foundation and it's Mm -hmm. just so easy to, you know, so I think, yeah, I think you see when people aren't rooted, they don't have a support system, a church support system around them. As I said, this industry, especially in the circles that we tour in, it can just eat you alive if you don't have that. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, I mean, I think for me, I'm still very, 
it's kind of two parts for me. I'm still very, even though I don't attend it because I don't live there, I'm still very connected to my home church in Ohio mm-hmm. um, with my whole support system there. Um, my pastor, the, the families that have been in my church for since I was nine years old. I, I actually grew up on the road. My parents had a traveling Southern gospel group. Awesome. Yeah, so that's awesome. They were kind of did the weekend warrior thing. So I grew up on the road from the time I was born until I was nine. And then we settled in a church there. Little did Skillet know that that was your touring experience prior to joining. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. I have touring experience. (laughs) I I opened for the Gaithers 10 times. (laughs) Yep. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, I'm still very connected there. And then um, we have since since we we just moved uh, to Spring Hill about a year ago, and uh, we've recently gotten very plugged into our church. But you know, John and Corey's church. I think it, speaking on the whole skillet mission, John and Corey's church in Kenosha. Um, we all have well uh, J- john john's brother-in-law is one of the leaders in the church it's called living light so we're all very connected with the with the leaders and elders in that church um th- their vision and commitment course uh his name's john Lougie, that he did probably i don't know five or six years ago it, it was so significant and it's such a ministry tool i think that us of skillet have used a lot you know to point other people others to the people that are maybe that haven't grown out of the infancy stage of of what the gospel actually is, the, their vision and commitment course has been so so amazing. So, Living Light in Kenosha, um, it, it's such a wonderful church. The the people are so wonderful. It's actually almost to the point where I'm like, man. I was like, I, I really, I really hate the winters in in Wisconsin. But as much of me wish it, you know, like wishes I lived there for for that reason. I mean, hey, you got cheese and Jesus. Like, you don't need much more. You got cheese. You got you've got the Packers at Jesus. Um, not to equate that with the Trinity, but in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> uh, let's do some really quick hits before we wrap this up. Uh, people got some uh, a few questions about like favorite songs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but first, we have to start with Clint Benish's, or however you say his last name. His question, which is kind of the obligatory question, he asks, what's your preference between stainless steel nonstop and cast iron. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Oh, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? What? Is he talking about those terms? Are, yeah, or? yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, that's where I was going. In my head. For honestly, me for a second too. I was like, oh, got it. <laughs> In your head, you're like, well, slinkies are nickel, and then you got elixirs, and then yeah, I know that's what I was doing. Um, I guess I would have to say. Even though we have a lot of stainless steel in the house, I mean, I, I'm not a huge uh, cook, but cast iron, I guess. Yeah, is yeah there we go, that a boy. Yeah, there are a few I mean, things I, better than a than a steak and cast iron. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Naturally seasoned. Yeah. And if you wash your cast iron, you can see yourself out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we keep we keep a little small tub of congealed bacon grease yes. in the fridge, and yep. every morning. 
a little spoon of that in the cast iron skillet with my eggs. Yes. Money. Mm-hmm. Dude, my I okay, I'm from Ohio, but listen, Southern Ohio is not the north. Let me say that. Okay. <laughs> my grandmother was from like deep Kentucky. And yep. I grew up on that. I mean, there was always a mason jar of grease, lard, whatever, yes. sitting yep. around. And I grew up on biscuits and gravy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, my, yeah. So right. my extended family is all from Miss, Northeast Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, literally the next county over from where a brother where art thou was filmed and stuff. Oh my, yeah. And not much has changed. Um, <laughs> but and and we actually just had this at my parents' house on Saturday for breakfast was chocolate gravy and biscuits. Oh my word! I and it is heard of that. It is as amazing <laughs> as it sounds. Uh, okay. So yeah. Uh, next question from Brad Speed. He asks, what's your favorite Skillet song to play that you wrote the parts for? And then what's your favorite one that you didn't write the parts for? Good question. Yeah. So I guess sentimentally, okay. Um, the album rise was my, mm-hmm. so I joined, I joined like h- halfway. Well, I guess it was pretty on early on in the touring cycle of awake. Right. And then Rise was my first album to be a part of. So just sentimentally, that was such a cool time. You know, like it, I, I guess it was 20, well, we re- recorded it in 2012. So, you know, it still felt pretty fresh. I hadn't been in the band about a year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're going to L.A. Uh, to record an album. And like we, we that album was the last album we did with Howard Benson. So like it was... We we did drums at Sunset Sound, which is like, you know, where Van Halen mm-hmm. 1984 was recorded and, and <clears throat> Prince recorded there. So like, just to be pretty young and still new in the band, and John and I were out shooting basketball on the court where the guys were like, "Yeah, Prince shot basketball out here," and you know, and he was recording. <laughs> was that the infamous shirts versus blouses game? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think of the same thing. Good so it it was just such a cool time, you know, being in being in LA recording recording an album and it was the follow up to Awake. So it was just a really cool time for me. And I remember when, when John and, and when he had started write, writing for the process, uh on a tour we were on, um he just kind of he was like, Look, I need we need solos for these songs. So he just kind of turned me loose to Mm. Kind of do whatever. So a little backstory into that question. Um, there's a song on Rise called Circus for a Psycho that we played live for a minute. And I, I it's actually a really fun song to play live. I miss playing it. It was one of my favorites. And I remember writing that. I was staying with John and Corey the summer that I joined the band. And I, I wrote that solo in their, uh, at the time in their other house, in the, in the guest bedroom in the basement. And I wrote it, uh, and then we recorded the demo, and John's like, don't change a thing. I, I love it. Um, and that was kind of the the theme throughout that album, like the song Not Gonna Die, which we do still play live. Um, I really I really love that solo. Uh, just personally, I think it kind of, between those two songs, it kind of embodies, I think, my style, um, mm-hmm. it, at least how I see my style, so... 
that was a really cool time. You know, John kind of gave me the reins that early on to kind of, you know, see, let's see what you got, you know, kind of thing. And, um, that was a cool moment. So those, those two songs, that album specifically sentimentally was really cool. Um, as far as song, man, as far as songs, we don't play live. I, we've, there's been a couple occasions where we've pulled out, um, Specifically, I think in Europe and, and Russia and our touring over there, we've pulled out some songs from the Collide album, which mm-hmm. uh, was pr- prior to Comatose. Songs like um, col- the the song Collide, I love I love playing that song live. It's such a powerful song. My Obsession, Savior, all of those songs from that era are always really fun to bring out, um, which we'll do every so often. But every time we do, I'm like, oh, yeah. And from Kyle Jackson, what song do you wish you still played at shows but don't get to play very often? Um, Cir- Circus for a Psycho would be one that we used to play that we don't play anymore. That that mm-hmm. was that was really fun. Um, I would say if it as far as songs we've never played live, there would probably be two or three. There's an out. Uh, there's a song on Victorious called Reach that I, is one of my favorites on the album, actually that we've never played live. Um, a song on Unleashed called Saviors of the World uh, that I always really, always really liked. We've never played live. And a song I always thought would be a really cool, like, fan moment. Um, we there, there was a bonus track on Unleashed, called, a song called Breaking Free. And it was uh, Lacey Sturm, our friend Lacey Sturm, sang on it, uh, formerly a Flyleaf. Mm-hmm. I always thought it would be a really cool a really cool fan moment if you know if we were ever like at a festival on the same day to play that song and have Lacey sing it. Oh yeah, I think would be really cool. So pop out and be like, "Hey guys, what's up?" Yeah, <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm out now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> awesome, That's fantastic. So I guess John, if you want to queue up some music for the giveaway right here. Oh sure, and and three we do post production, so yep, it's exactly not nearly as magical as right. <laughs> Right, so we're giving away two copies of John Cooper's "Awaken Alive to Truth." Two copies, you're going crazy. Yeah. And by the by the way, fellers, since since uh, since John's website had a five pack, I went ahead and ordered one for all for myself, and then you two fellers as oh, well. All so, right, all right. So, Thank you. Um, yeah, so you're welcome. So Matthew Winter, Scott Hamilton, hit me up. Also, two other guys with podcasts. Go listen to their podcasts. Indeed. The, the effects loop. And then what's Matthew's called? Uh, the, oh, it's... Uh, Something about reconstructionist or no. Yeah. Reconstructing yeah, faith. Reconstructing that's faith. That's it. And and I will say, again, that uh, he has the most appropriate podcast voice I've ever seen. It's like he has... I don't think he uses any compression on it. It's just just butter. Uh, it's crazy. mm well, good check time. those out. Good times. Seth, thanks a lot for coming on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of fun. Yes. And and thanks for using my stuff. Absolutely, <laughs> man. I, hey, listen, no joke. I don't remember if I texted you about this or not. I uh after I put the the sixteen eighty nine on my board on this well, this is the first time I'd seen my rig in uh a year. <laughs> you know, the store and I, I put it on the board. And the front of house guy, after we put it on, he's like, hey, what were you guys doing in Soundcheck? Whatever you changed, that sounds money. 
and I, I immediately got my phone. I was like, Cody, guess what? The 68.9 no. is brilliant. Where do you run your switch? Do you remember? Um, I think I put the less compressed one. Mm-hmm. The less compressed. Which way is that, Cody? Is that that will be down? That's down. That down. Probably be down. Yeah. That's my that's my favorite as well. Yeah. That thing. Yeah. Just, that thing is just money. And when you stack something into it, like you just get the most perfect, just rock drive. Yeah. 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 So it, it depends on what application. Like I, I'll tell you this too. I uh, so right now I have it going through my 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 clean amp, which is just on the edge of breakup, and it's wonderful, but. We tried it, you know, Cody, as you and I have talked a lot about, mm-hmm. we tried we tried it through the front of my dirty amps, you know, doing doing the old metal trick. And my guitar tech, he's like, I like this a lot better than what we're using as for the front. And we're, and we're using a pretty, pretty popular uh, company that is as a mainstay in the metal world in the front of my dirty amps right now. And he's like, man, this. The boss metal zone. It's okay. Yeah, the boss, the boss <laughs> yeah. metal zone. Yeah, you don't, you don't need to mince words around here. We are, we're well, we're well aware. <laughs> Love it. Love Bradley it. doesn't even know gear, and somehow he understands. He gets the metal meme. zone. Joke. That's funny. <laughs> the old box yes. of bees. So good. So, yeah, man, we we may have to get another sixteen eighty nine to put through the. It would not complain at all. Or would not complain. Maybe something else. Yeah, we can make it happen. We can make it happen. <laughs> well, all right. Well, thanks a lot, Seth. Thanks to you two fellers for a little bit of a different episode today. Absolutely, and, uh, Seth. It was a pleasure, man. Good to meet yeah, you. Yeah, such Definitely. a blast. Great, great meeting you guys. And yep. and thanks to you, listener. Go give us a review, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>